Hello, Michael here with a quick disclaimer. The episode that you are about to listen to was originally recorded as a live event, meaning that it was recorded and streamed over our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash the RPG Academy, or broadcast as a live event or recorded as a live event for our YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash the RPG Academy. Hopefully you will understand why the audio quality of this episode is not quite up to the same standards you have come to appreciate and expect from our show. And on the off chance that when you listen to this episode, you don't really notice a difference between this episode and a regular episode, don't say anything because that will make me cry. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy Network Trial of Satanic Panic. Uh, if you don't know what we're doing, I don't know how you got here. But basically, our... They Googled f- Satan. <laughs> Satan, Satan, Satan. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, our good friend, Jim McClure, the guy who's above me on the stream from the One Shot Podcast Network, does Talking Tabletop, uh, the Satanic Panic actual play, among many other things, is kickstarting an RPG called Satanic Panic. And the rest of us are all members of the RPG Academy Network, and we are going to be players, and we're going to go through a live version of the game. So anyone watching can get an idea of what the game is like, how it would play at your table, decide if it's something you would want to play as well. It is. And we're going to start with Jim. You can kind of introduce the game, what it is, and then we will go through and introduce our characters when we get ready to start playing. So I'll turn it over to you, good sir. Jim, take it away. Thank you very much, Michael, and it, it, it's good to be back here at the RPG Academy. Although now I'm like like having to do this with like cameras and looking at me and all of this. It's all all special and high tech and shiny and new. Yeah, you were holding uh, this down as soon as you left. We we uh, upgraded. Listen, it was a joke the first dozen times I heard that. Now I'm at the point where I'm like, I think it's true. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. You've given him a complex. There's an achievement in that for you. <laughs> Uh, but we we are here to uh, to play a game, uh, and as Michael said, this is a a new game that uh, I designed that is on Kickstarter currently at the time of recording this, and of course at the time that this goes out live to to all you wonderful podcast people. And the game is Satanic Panic. So I want to I want to set you up for 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 what the, this game is. I want to get you in the mood and the spirit for what we're about to experience. It's 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 the late seventies, early eighties, sometime in, in in that time range, and and there's whispers going around about this new thing called tabletop. No one really knows what it is, but but people are saying all kinds of things about it. They're saying it's summoning demons. They're saying it's turning people into monsters, like a secret wildfire. It's spreading from basement to basement across the heartland. This thing called tabletop, and. The game takes place in this fictional 19, or late 1970s, early 1980s, where all of these whispers are in fact true. Tabletop is actually bringing evil to the world. It is actually summoning demons. And we play government agents tasked with stopping the spread of Tabletop. So that is going to be our, our wonderful setting here for today. And I guess I'll shoot it back over to uh, to you, Michael, as, as you four are going to be our, our team of agents tasked with handling this uprising of Tabletop in Middletown, Ohio. <laughs> Excellent. So, again, my name is Michael. I am the co-host of the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. And uh, for tonight's game, I will be playing the tactician, which is one of the roles that you can assume when you play this game. Uh, My character's name is Reginald. 
He is about 28 years old, um, sort of thin, uh, long blonde hair that he pulls back in a ponytail. Uh, I assume that's regulation for our government ops, hopefully. Absolutely. And he has kind of like uh, big, you know, circular glasses, kind of like, like the Harry Potter glasses that they're, they're gold rims. And uh, he doesn't have a bearing of like being a military person. He seems almost kind of unsure of himself, but he's got a great mind for tactics, which is why he's on the team. And uh, I'll turn it over to Kendall. Ooh, oh, no, wait, wait. We've got one one more question oh. first. Uh, wh- when when was Reginald's first ever encounter with Tabletop? Could could have been in this organization, could have been prior to this organization. So he had a, a near miss. When Reginald was 12 years old, he went to a summer camp. And um, he wasn't the, the most well-liked kid. And one of the counselors was setting up a game of Tabletop. And Reginald wanted so badly to be part of that game, but he wasn't invited. It, like, he was clearly not invited to go. And thankfully, that actually saved my life because none of those kids were ever seen again. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> How old is Reginald? Uh, about 28, somewhere in there. Okay. I don't know. Does that time frame work out with when we are versus when Tabletop yeah. started? We are playing in a world where, where where Gary Gygax made a deal with the devil to bring 20-sided artifacts into this world because mankind is incapable of formulating a 20-sided device. Uh, I think we can, we can fudge the years a little bit if we don't fit exactly right. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. So now, Kindle, I'll turn it over to you. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't say Gary Gygax. The mad wizard Gygax. I apologize. Don't sue me, please. <laughs> Uh, my name's Kendall. I'm with the Redemption Podcast, a proud member of the RPG Academy Network, just because Michael makes me say that after every time I introduce to the podcast. You know, I came up with that line, <laughs> and you give me so much crap around this network. You're right, cornered, I'm Jim. Sorry. You have no recourse. <laughs> yeah, if you would have stayed, you could have sued, but now yeah. you, all those nickels are going to Michael now. Ah, Shouldn't have um, that non-discrimination. He has, a, he has a throne of nickels, too. I've seen it. I'm going to leave that alone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tonight I am playing Aaron Willis, who is a reformed tabletopper and the team's <gasps> pet monster. Aaron was a uh, was a young, impressionable child when he first introduced was introduced to tabletop. But then he went undercover, spreading the taint even further. And that's where he actually met Reginald. He was the camp counselor who was <laughs> running the game that Reginald was not invited to. Because he was too cool. You saved actually, my life. He actually was like went swimming without a tank top on or something. Like that. <laughs> and, and was the kid that everybody talked to. So he wasn't allowed to come to the game. So I guess I'll throw it over Quinn. Excellent. I'm Quinn Wilson, host of the Swallows of the South podcast. Also a proud member of the RPG Academy Network. And today I'm going to be playing Frederico Bautista who is an inquisitor. He's about 54 years old, but it's a rough 54 years old. <laughs> he moved from Puerto Rico to Trenton, New Jersey as a young boy and has basically lived his life as a career cop. And when a local tabletop circle uh, got too big for its britches, he realized he had to follow this thing down to the bottom. So here he is today. 
I have a a story that is not suitable for the mics about Trenton, New Jersey, and how much I hate that town specifically. So apologize to all of our listeners from Trenton, but live in a different location. Do not expect me to represent Trenton, New Jersey well. There's only three of them that have computers, so... (laughs) This show's going to be all about just completely unabashed Trenton hate for no reason. (laughs) Oh, there's a reason. Oh, Oh, there is. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. All right. And Scott, bring us home. All right. Uh, my name is Scott Brown. How do you all you kids out there in Radio Land? Uh, I, uh, of course, I'm, I'm a, a longtime contributor to the RPG uh, Academy podcast and uh, most recently a, a host of Lawful and Orderly, the, uh, the yes, the cornerstone of our Twitch stream at the RPG Academy. And uh, I am playing Inca Dink, the uh, former military uh, enlisted recruit who uh she she joined the army she was a soldier and she she had a near miss where where she thought she was doing some innocent gambling uh with 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 two six-sided dice right and then uh pretty soon somebody got out a third six-sided die and started talking about uh probability curves and uh that's when shit got real (laughs) and uh ever since then she she's been uh, ever so slightly scarred but uh uh she's also dedicated her life to eradicating this this tabletop menace from uh, the those who might accidentally uh, get get curbed to it from from a regular uh, saintly life of gambling. Yes, yes. Um, and, and and with that, let's talk a little bit about the the world that you all are going to be interacting with, because you all as a team are going to be sent out on a mission uh, to again to stop the spread of tabletop. There's been a report of an uprising in Middletown, Ohio, uh, that that there's a suspected family of tabletoppers that has moved in. But we're going to get more on that later. We 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 have to to understand the world that we live in. And what is a table topper? A table topper is any person who has rolled a 20-sided artifact. Again, we are incapable of creating 20-sided artifacts. They have all come from the other side as part of this deal. So anyone that has rolled a 20-sided artifact has become a table topper. Legally, a secret government law that the rest of the citizens are unaware of has stripped all constitutional rights from a table topper. They have absolutely no rights whatsoever, and you are allowed to uh, handle them with impunity. Okay. Now, if they are a standard, good, upstanding citizen that is perhaps just a comic book shopper, that is perhaps someone that just likes playing board games, that perhaps has just rolled a 3D6 for a probability curve, they are still good, lawful citizens, and you better not harm them at all, or it will cause a massive issue. Once they have rolled a D20, they're a horrible monster that you can kill without any remorse. Haven't rolled a D20? must protect them at all costs. Uh, fair warning, tabletoppers look exactly like us, um, so it's going to be a little bit difficult to discern exactly who is a tabletopper and who isn't, but that is why you are highly trained agents, because uh, that is your mission to be able to do this. So that is is what a tabletopper is. Um, a couple things that we need to know. Uh, you all as agents in field, obviously, uh, you never ever touch a D20. Um, you are allowed to touch the other artifacts that you'll find. Their playbooks, their character sheets, you are allowed to handle those it's advised that you don't get too into handling those but those themselves will not turn you evil only the d20 will 
if you ever encounter a D20, you have to call in your cleanup team to handle it. And they will handle the entirety of dealing with the D20. So I would make sure when you go out in the field, at least one member has a radio. We'll get into equipment, all that, because you will need to call a cleanup team. And this is the 80s. You do not have cell phones. Um, I have to assume, though, that Frederico has got a unmarked d20 that he carries with him in case we accidentally shoot somebody wrong we plant the d20 on them Mm-mm. no that would be <laughs> oh that would be hard we'll, we'll get into how how the proper way to handle a d20 but oh if he was carrying one around that would be maybe, horrible. maybe a d12 right <laughs> maybe. i mean it, it, <laughs> well, no, as close as you can get but it, it's like planting the gun on a on somebody like we you know if we shoot somebody that wasn't a table topper we we plant a d20 on them Oh, this is going to be fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're already planting evidence on civilians we have not murdered yet. All right, this is this is good. So, uh that that's the couple things we need to know about uh about table toppers. Uh so how we identify a table topper. Um there's a couple things that you need to look out for. Um you know, obviously, you know, signs of tabletop paraphernalia is is one of the common things to look for in stressful situations. Typically like I have no idea what everyone is holding up. Oh, dice. It's our, our easy roller dice. It's, it's product placement. I'm starting to get concerned. There may be table toppers on this very podcast. <laughs> Where? Ooh. Horrible. Horrible. Um, I, I don't, I apologize. I should not throw around those accusations that lightly. But, uh, so th- those are a couple things. Um, uh, when table toppers get in a stressful situation, they will go into a blood rage and you will see they will have glowing red eyes, typically when combat occurs. Uh, so pay close attention to that. Uh, because again, you cannot kill civilians. Do not kill civilians. It will be a really, really bad thing. A couple things we need to know. We're going to explain kind of mechanics as we go about, but there's a few things you need to know about. One being there is a meta mechanic in this game, and that is the D20 that I hold in my hand. There is one D20 uh, that will sit in the uh, imaginary middle of the table, if you will. Uh, If we were playing this next to each other, it would be sitting in the middle of the table, and it is going to start at the number 10. Throughout the course of the game, actions will happen that will cause that die to increase in number, or perhaps decrease, but mostly increase in number. If it ever hits 20, all hell will break loose, and I promise you as the GM, I will try and murder each and every one of your characters. That is the rules of the game. If it ever hits 20, I am to try and murder your characters, okay? But you have a way to mitigate this. At any point, any one of you can choose to pick up and re-roll that d20. It is the only time throughout the game you will ever roll a d20. And it will be reset to whatever number that it lands on when it's rolled. But I want you to go on your character sheets, because on the second page of your character sheets, you will see a section towards the top that says corruption numbers. You are going to write down three numbers, any three numbers you want, on the top of that character sheet that a d20 could roll. So one through 20. Uh, do not reveal those numbers. Those numbers are secret to everyone. And that is your susceptibility to tabletop. If you pick up and reroll the D20 and it lands on one of your numbers, you will get a point of corruption. And we will, we will explain that when it happens. For the sake of this podcast, if anyone gets corruption, go ahead and shout it out. In the actual game, you have to keep it a secret. You cannot let anyone else know how much corruption you have. If at any point any of your fellow players know, you lose the ability to gain team benefits from any of the other players because they no longer trust you. 
So that is our meta mechanic of the game. Throughout the game, you'll hear me call it up. I'll say the D20 goes to 12 or it goes to 16 or <laughs> hopefully I don't say it goes to 20. Uh, and then if anytime we re-roll it, you'll just roll one of your local D20s and we'll reset it to whatever the case may be on that. The other mechanics, I guess we will kind of explain uh, sort of as we go along, but it'll be it'll be a fun little a fun little romp here. Uh, so, so I, yes, I apologize. I'm, I missed that. I know that if we roll the d20 and we hit our corruption number, that means something. If the 20 just goes up and lands like so, if it's say mine's 18, it gets to 18. That doesn't mean anything special doesn't mean anything okay, likewise okay. if if scott re-rolls the d20 and hits one of your numbers michael doesn't mean anything for you michael oh. only means something <laughs> to the person who chose to re-roll it or took one for the team exactly exactly and as i ban the exorcist class from this play test you all don't have any other ways to mitigate it so it's only going to go up in numbers <laughs> So uh, we, we're going to jump into this. This is going to be, um, for those listening and, and, and especially listening on the podcast and watching the stream, it's going to kind of be interesting because we're going to do sort of start off with a little role play here, actually, as we sort of start the mission and you all get the mission briefing. And then we're probably going to kind of sequence where we have to do requisition gear. That's not something, I mean, you all may go crazy and role play it, but typically it's something that, that's sort of held in a normal conversation type thing. And then we'll go out on the mission. So deep, deep in the, in, in, Deep, deep inside uh, a secret base somewhere within the heartland of the United States, there is a long hallway that leads to the office uh, of Glenn Dotson. Uh, Glenn Dotson is your commanding officer. Uh, he's the one who leads your, your your agency. And the four of you all have been called into his office because you have a mission to go out on. Another mission to protect the world from the evils of tabletop. You're, you're led into his office. Uh, he has a giant wooden desk uh, that takes up most of the middle. He's he's sitting propped back. He has a, a cigar that he's actively smoking. Uh, smoke fills the top like foot of the room uh, as, as as he's enjoying it. You, you see three other cigar butts sort of just dabbed out. Uh, he's got the pocket handkerchief that he's he's wiping down his forehead some because it's hot in his office. Finally, about time you all showed up. Reginald, get in here. Uh, yeah, sir. Yes, yeah, sir explanations what happened last mission tampa florida Ooh, well first of all we went to the tgf fridays but then um we found the swarm of table toppers it was you know it was the it was the um the ymca basement and uh you know basically the walls of the ymca was still there when we <laughs> left Basically is an interesting word, because uh, I think Inca has some light to shed on what basically means. Inca, how would you classify basically in your mission briefing? That grade three artillery shells do not puncture cement balls. They However, did a decent they job. they puncture roof pretty good. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Now, I'm a little bit confused because we don't we don't have artillery uh in in our requisitionable items, I have no idea how you got that. I really want to know. I you know I don't want to know. Actually, I have no that's, idea. That's for the best, <laughs> Frederico. <laughs> I thought you were the one that was supposed to keep these people in check. I was doing my best. Okay, I had everything under control until they sidelined me. Had to speak to the director. I asked him to wait in the car. It's a simple directive: wait in the car. They cannot do it. You've hired children. And I cannot take responsibility for children. Are not. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Aaron, 
we, we talked about this. I'm, I'm making it so that you don't have to stay in a crate, but I can always revoke that privilege. Are not children. We are not children. He creeps me out. Does he creep anyone else out? Ah. Ah, weird, weird. You, you stay there. Do you all have any idea how much a YMCA costs, by the way, as he's flipping through pages in front of him on the table? $2.78 million in current year monetary findings. Yeah, the one in Trenton must have cost 50 I never want to hear a damn word about Trenton again. That Trenton operation was a catastrophe in a town that's a catastrophe. I, Trenton YMCA has only cost $372 and two bucks. <laughs> that is oddly specific and very <laughs> accurate. I don't know what you do on your on, on your downtime, Aaron, but just... Just keep it cool. We can we can get past this. Our budget is shot right now. But if we have a good mission, we can get some extra funding from the higher ups and it all should be good. Luck would have it. We have another group of tabletoppers popped up once again. The Midwest where these things seem to breed Middletown, Ohio. We spent a lot of time in Ohio. There was an academy of ones down there that we had to take out a horrible, horrible cesspit. All four of you shook your head in unison. That was phenomenal. <laughs> A horrible, horrible cesspit that we took down there before, but they're, they're springing up again. So here's, here's our operation in Middletown, Ohio. There's a new family that recently moved to town, the Johnson family. Now, sounds like an alias to me. Could be an alias. We don't know that much about them. Uh, what we do know is that their neighbors, their, their good upstanding neighbors have reported that they are uh, a very secretive family and they're regularly holding parties on Friday nights. That they're not inviting their neighbors to. That isn't like the wife swapping party we ran into in Trenton. It is not. And I am mad that I wasn't invited to that, frankly. Like, I, not that we need to go that deep into that sentence, but I just put it on the record and remind yourself. Uh, but no, we last time, uh, the thing that I care about is the fact that we are not killing wife swapping parties unless they are also rolling 20 sided artifacts. Refresh my memory. Were they rolling 20 sided artifacts in Trenton? So much is rolling around in those places. I don't know what's what. <laughs> I know what's what. And there was a D20 to be found. And we had 14 dead upstanding citizen that we just, we can't have that happen again. Okay. To be fair, Look, I it believe was difficult in drawing. to sort through the debris from the artillery shell. <laughs> it was. And for the record, I just need to restate that I draw strong lines between my professional life and my personal life. So I don't have to disclose anything that happened to that party to you. Listen. Legally. That's fine, and I think Inca just explained to me why I have a transportation bill of $2,800 to move a piece of artillery from New Jersey to Florida, and I don't want to see another one of those. I don't want to know where it came from. I don't want to know where it went. It better not be here. Listen, we're getting well, off track. Well, I mean, but to be fair, though, it would have cost more if we still had the shells. It was actually lighter after, so the transportation costs were significantly reduced. I assure you, Reginald, that those spent shells cost way more than whatever savings you had in transportation. Next time we will use UPS. <sighs> Why do I do this? Mission focus. We are going to contain, control, and eliminate the table toppers in Middletown, Ohio, discreetly. Discreetly, okay? So... What we're going there to do is we're going there to, inter, uh, to to check on the Johnson family. Now, Johnson family, we have a nuclear household. We have a, a, a mom, a dad, two little ones need to go and find out what's exactly going on with them. They live on 280 West Street. 
So, so if nuclear household, do we need the nuclear weapons? No, to- we don't, Inka. We have discussed this at length that in means your job have, interview. That means they have 2.5 children. He has not told us what sex the 0.5 child is. <laughs> this be the one. dog. This one. You're, you're getting crate time when you get back <laughs> from this mission. I think we would all appreciate that. <laughs> okay. So on 280 West Street is where the Johnson family lives. Now, there's a couple other points of interest. Um, There's a local comic book shop called Open Page Comics on 222 North Main Street. Now, uh, as we all know, comic shops are not illegal. They don't necessarily spread tabletop, but they often collect tabletoppers. So they are always a point of interest when we're going out and looking on these missions. So that would definitely be one of the places I would recommend checking out as part of your investigation is uh, Open Page Comics. Yeah, I did want to ask, I've actually put in several times that maybe we should start opening our own comic shops as a way to draw them to us. I've, I've not heard back on that yet. This uh, guy can't fund a trip from Florida to New Jersey. You think he can open a comic shop in this economy? Reginald, I know you like comics, and that's fine as long as that's as far as it goes. We're not opening a comic book shop. We have like 220 sided artifacts in the basement. And what's going to end up happening, especially with people like Aaron running around, is we're going to end up with a D20 there. And then how in the world am I going to explain that I'm turning people into tabletoppers? I can barely explain Aaron as it is. They, I legitimately have you on the forums as our mascot. <laughs> they I, think the you're, way, a, and I don't mean like a person. Like you are a piece of equipment that has a lot of upkeep expenses for no reason. That's only going to fly so long. I they would like to thank you for not making me dress up in the large white beagle costume. That yeah. was a very embarrassing two months. Spout one more statistic, and you're going back in the beagle costume. <sighs> no comic book shops. No artillery shells, no destroyed YMCAs. Is it clear? Middletown, Johnson and no family. Statistics. No statistics. Middletown, Ohio is comprised of 22,000 people. That is a statistic. <laughs> God damn it. Crate. <laughs> Get Shoot. in the crate. Shoot. God. Someone throw him a dog biscuit. Okay. Johnson family on 280 oh. West Street. Open page comics, 222 North Main Street. Additionally, uh, there is a Father Reinhardt uh, who runs the, the local church, the Solid Rock Church. Now, he is of particular interest because the, we know the Johnson family has started attending his church as well as he has a youth group that he has been reported uh, that they are starting to run a games night within their youth group. Now, we naturally <gasps> hope this is wholesome. And yes, hopefully there's no issues with this, but it is something that we need to look into as well. So those are going to be your points of interest for this investigation, as well as whatever other information you uncover along the way. So the Johnson family house located at 280 West Street, Open Cage Comics on 222 North Street, and the Solid Rock Church and Father Reinhardt on 75 North. Can we please try and keep this under control this time? We can absolutely try, sir. That's exactly what I expected you to say, Reginald. Frederico, keep them keep them together. No one get hurt. Everyone fine. But let's not kill people that are still people. We will do our absolute best. I will try every trick in the book 
But sometimes, and we've talked about this before, sometimes you want to win a war, you've got to salt the earth. This is not the war where we're salting the earth. This is not the one that that's happening in. I don't know what war you're talking about. Tell that to the the earth YMCA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You salted the YMCA. The YMCA is salty. That is a statement of fact. Go requisition the gear that you need. Go to Middletown. Take care of these table toppers. Okay. Before we go to requisitions, I have a question because this is something I always get confused about. You guys have implemented all of these new systems since I came here, and I'm an old-fashioned guy. Do I have to go to a separate window to requisition the milk duds that I'm supposed to keep feed Aaron to keep him pacified, or is that one window in two forms? This is no. It, it is it is really simple. I do not know how you don't get this. All you do is you go downstairs, you go to the main window, you requisition the gear that you want to requisition. You then fill out a second form, hand it to him. He's going to stamp it. You're going to take that upstairs to the library. They need to stamp it as well because again, he's what? Not a person. He's a mascot. He is a piece of equipment. Then you're going to take that down to the local candy shop. You're going to put out about $2.50 from your own pocket because I would like some too. Bring that back with the form. Bring your receipt. You can put it in this file cabinet right here and he puts a trash can on the table uh, and then you'll get reimbursed in four to eight months. Okay. I think I remember all those steps. It's really simple. I wrote them down for you. I got it. Okay, so with that, you all go down to requisitions, and this is where we're going to probably a little bit come out of character. Uh, The four of y'all should now bring up that wonderful equipment sheet. Welcome back, the internet. We're glad (laughs) to see you. So we we just got done a bunch of... I'm going to put wonderful in air quotes role play. Um, you all are wonderful people. Uh, and now we're moving down to requisition. So uh, what happens at this stage is you all are going to equip yourselves uh, with whatever you think you will need for the mission. So I think each of you should have the inventory list in front of you. Yes. And I'm going to help facilitate this. So how this works is you all have a budget. Uh, this budget applies to the team as a whole. So as a team, you have $2,000 to requisition gear. Whatever you requisition is the only gear that you're going to have on this mission. Once you leave to go to Middletown, Ohio, you can't get anything else. Okay. Uh, There's no reason to hold over any money. uh, So by all means, spend it all. Uh, You will see there's a list of gear. There is guns. There's non-lethal weapons. There's grenades. There's miscellaneous stuff. All of the above. So uh, what you all want to do is, is go through as a group and figure out what gear you want to take with you on the mission. There's a couple things I want to point out to you as you're looking at this equipment inventory. And that is, one, you do have basic transportation. You have black cars that will get you from point A to point B. You do not need to spend any money to get that. However, you will see there's a whole big section on like vans that have their own special abilities. The other important thing that vans have is they let you have the ability to actually take prisoners. So if you do not requisition a van, you cannot take any prisoners for whatever that means. Uh, So you do not have to have one to move from point A to point B, but they do help you out in the other ways. Uh, The other thing, other than our, our, our horrible, horrible monster tabletopper friend, Aaron, the other three of you should have at least one gun or a non-lethal weapon. Everyone should have something because there's essentially no other way that you can defend yourself and deal damage if you don't have one. And more than one weapon is very advantageous within this system. 
So uh, at a basic level, everyone should have some way to, to you know, defend themselves from the horrors of, ta- horror, horrors of tabletop in front of them. Uh, I single out Aaron because you actually have powers that let you deal damage without needing a weapon. Although, again, a weapon can be very advantageous for you as well. Uh, but you all as a team can decide what you want to do on that. The other thing I want to point out, once we get into combat, we're going to explain like how range and spread work. The important thing to understand is most combat is going to happen within range one. That means fighting something in the same room as you. If a weapon cannot target anything in range one, that is a severe disadvantage of that weapon. So just as you're going through and picking out stuff, you should know that to go through because you're going to look at a rifle and go, that sounds amazing, and then see that it only has range two and three, so it has the disadvantage because it doesn't have range one. But other than that, that's all you really need to basic know. Go wild, pick through the gear and what you all want to do, and then just shout out with what you pick, and I'm going to sort of help keep track of the overall budget as we go. What what is our budget? Your budget is $2,000 as a team. As a team? As the whole team has $2,000 for requisition gear. So I think the most important thing we can requisition is a, a heavy assault rifle for me. Uh, well, let's, let's start small and work our way up. So um, two compact assault rifles for me. <laughs> I would point out that you may want to have medical things again this time. I remember picking up Inca several times. She kept falling over. So I noticed the van doesn't actually have a cost. It just says yes, dice. Yes, it's listed as dice. Oh, then that's horrible. I will tell you what the van costs are because I have them in front of me, and I have no idea why that version doesn't have these, and hopefully there aren't other horrible errors. There's so <laughs> many pages to this inventory. <laughs> you should have four, maybe more, because they, they changed the formatting on me. Um, but your your wrapped van uh, is $100. Your armored van is 250 Your quote-unquote black van is 300 and your surveillance van is 450 oh. All right. I think we should go with a surveillance van. I think that would be, I mean, we don't want to try to be seen last, you know, we don't want to recreate what happened in Tampa, though that Friday's was amazing. But uh, I think that's a cost that we can, we can spare. Ah, that, that sounds I'm good. Not going to argue on that one. Awesome. All right. <clears throat> surveillance we, van is requisition. You have $1,550 left. All right. So we all should have a personal weapon. So like a taser or a pistol grenades not uh, what i said oh. beanbag gun that sounds fun so we can each get a basic pistol and by each i don't mean aaron the three of us can get hey. a basic pistol for 100 bucks each that's not bad i i prefer to go more of a you know tactical pistol maybe with scope uh, uh, i will say that the people of trenton didn't call me the snake for nothing I always carry a heavy pistol. Ah. Ah. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm fine with that. So heavy pistol and a tactical pistol. With Can I have a beanbag gun? You get a taser. <laughs> uh, real quick, because uh, you all look at the uh, heavy pistol, or whoever got that. Of course, write it down in your inventory and go ahead and note uh, what range spread and dice and capacity that it has uh, on your little character sheet. Uh, and what was the cost of those two? I don't have the full inventory up in front of me. The heavy, heavy pistol's 250 The tactical pistol with scope is total 200 Okay, so that's leaves. So those two pistols have been requisitioned. You all still have $1,100 left. So I want a basic pistol for 100 Okay. And then Aaron gets a taser for whatever the taser is, uh, 200. Okay. Do so we need long-range have... radio? 
Uh, yep, you'll have 800 left. Uh, the, the radios, uh, note, they work like radios, as in if you all want to, you need at least one to communicate with the cleanup crew. Uh, but if you all would like to talk to each other over a distance of like a town and split up the group, you would need more than one radio, as tends to be the case. So that's up to you all, though. I don't, where, I don't see the radios. I don't see They're on page three. Yeah, uh, yeah th- two, two radios? Actually, yeah. I might be nice and try and save you some money. Let's see. The surveillance van counts as it has a radio to it. Oh. So just as a note, anyone with a radio can communicate to the van, and the van can communicate out to people with radios uh, as part of what the expense of the surveillance van. So maybe one, one additional radio? I yeah. say we go for two. Just in case some, we both have to break away from the van. Right. We're not splitting into more than two groups. Right. Because I do not trust anyone to oversee you guys that isn't Reginald. And he's on thin ice. And, and thin the, uh, the, ice. The, the medical kit? That, that, you had a good point about the last time. That, that was good. You freaking kids have no constitution. Have you ever heard of the phrase, walk it off? Uh, Keeping track, just real quick, you all did requisition the two radios. Uh, yes. Who is holding those radios? Put them in your inventory. Which of the two of you? Uh, Reginald will take one. And I will take the other. Cool. So $700. Keep going. Did we requisition that taser? Uh, that taser has been accounted for, yes. Cool. Uh, how about one of these concealed microphones? We could uh, plant the microphone and listen into the game night and see what we're dealing with. Does that sound bad to me? Yeah. Yeah. You could make a lot of use of that. And then we could, we could top that off with night vision goggles for a 25 to round it out to an even 100. One sure. set, so only one of us can see. Okay, I I like those. So that leaves you all with six hundred dollars, and whoever's getting the night vision goggles, whoever's getting the concealed microphone, note those in your inventories. Night vision goggles. I'll take the concealed radio. I have my blanket, but you guys might want some armor. Before we get to that, again, worst case scenario, we can walk it off. <laughs> we are gonna need some means of entrance. So maybe we don't forget the lockpicks this time? That's what shoes are for. Yeah, yeah, lockpicks. Lockpicks and then... If you're not going to let me have a shotgun, then a lockpick is good. (laughs) (laughs) Equal. They they both almost do the same. How much do we have left? $600, but I have not accounted for the lockpick. How much is that? 50. 50. So 550. Right. 550. Um, so two other things, actually three things to consider with your ever shrinking budget. Uh, one, no one has any heavy firepower in the group. Everyone the, has pistols. The heavy assault rifle that I wanted is 550. That, that could nicely round out the budget. <laughs> it could. Uh, no one is wearing armor and there are no health kits within the group yet. Again, not things that you necessarily need, but just uh, observations. Armor is expensive. I like the walk it off plan. Yeah. What's everybody's defense? Mine's eight. Six. Eight. Six. Uh, and just to note how defense works, uh, when I attack you, I roll a d20, and if I roll at or higher than your defense, I hit you. We're hey, guys, kid. have you ever considered the prospects of buying armor? <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading up on armor, and I think armor is good. It, it turns out that walking it off hasn't been proven in the medical journals. <laughs> So if we get three body armors, that's a hunt. That's, that's three hundred. That, that's no more assault rifle. Yes. So it's offense defense plan. Are, are we? I love just... how it's always three. Like, and, and we know which one's hey. not getting armor. <laughs> hey. Like, we don't want an armored 
an armed tabletopper. And, you know, still, he's walking a fine line. He could he could turn tables anytime. Not turn tables, like it. Uh, and I don't want him wearing body armor and having a shotgun if that happens. <laughs> so what's, okay. the, what's the deal with yeah. the beanbag gun's non-lethal damage? Because it does way more damage than anything else. Ah, well, to start with, you only think it does more damage than anything else, um, but uh, non-lethal damage in this uh, system actually works uh, essentially entirely differently. Anything that does non-lethal damage, like the taser, it does 2d12 non-lethal damage, which is a lot. Uh, but non-lethal damage, when you roll it, if you roll equal to or higher than their current hit points, they're knocked out and you can then capture them after. If you roll less than that, though, it doesn't do any damage to them whatsoever. And it was essentially a wasted attack. So what happens is you have to weigh, and some things that you want to take alive, you might have to hurt with lethal means before you, you slowly break them down. The other thing is your guns that deal damage, like you know your pistols that do a D6 or D4, you'll see that they have a capacity, which is a number of shots. You can empty them entirely in one round if you so choose. So you can have a D6 pistol with six that you deal 66 damage still. Why would you choose to deal less? Because there's something called collateral damage that we will get into as we play the game. Awesome. All right. We need to we need to figure out what our last bit here. So are we going to do three armors? Because that that's no assault rifle. Four armors. Uh, no. No. But, Four I mean, armors. We, we have how much do we have left again? Five fifty. Five fifty. Five fifty. That's two fifty. That's that's uh that that takes us out of gun range. You guys get two armors, and I'm getting a big gun, and we'll call it good. How does that sound? <laughs> Works for me. Cool. All right, so who's getting the body armor? And that leaves $350 in the budget after the two body armors. I'm taking armor. And I'm taking armor. Okay, and then 350 left in the budget. And, uh... Oh... I'm going to ride around on Reginald's back. Oh. I was going to say, you, you could always choose to trade back in your pistol and just have the heavy weapon. That sounds like a really bad idea, but thanks for <laughs> suggesting it. I appreciate that. That's that's a that's a common... I do that too as DM. Like, do you guys want to do this really bad thing? <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, going out with only pistols, I will uh, warn you, is probably a poor choice. No, 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 no. I, I think the, uh, the, the move might be... Yeah, why would I why would I get a tactical rifle if the heavy if the tactical pistol is basically better or as good that I already have? Eh. 350 shotgun. How's that? <laughs> shotgun. Deals two collateral damage every attack. Every attack. <laughs> you can't be that a surgeon with shotguns in this. A range uh, it does not solve a range problem. I got a scope. Put my scope on the shotgun. We're fine. <laughs> Technically, that works. As far as I can tell in the rules, that is not an exemption. I will be surprised if you walk back from this mission with both of your eyes. Oh, no, it says shotguns are exempted. Son of a... Look at that. Someone, I was like, I swear I put an exemption in that. <laughs> Damn, Jim. I do love the... I'll put it this way. It even though the specifically the, call out beanbag guns. The uh, <laughs> I will put it this way to you. Uh, if you want to have a scoped shotgun, I think it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, and I would totally allow it. How about I take the scope and have it on my pistol? Oh. I'll carry the scope around and use it. <laughs> For what? Although Scott also my range. Scott, to note, uh, again, get, giving you wonderful devil's deals here. Uh, you've got $350. You could choose to not have that scope and get what? How much was the scope? Um, 50. 50. Yeah, and get the advanced rifle instead. The advanced you rifle do doesn't that. have range one. It only has range two and three. Does that mean I have to back up? Uh, yeah. Possibly. 
Like, whoa, whoa, hold, hold on, bad guys. Hold on. Oh, we don't have any melee weapons either. Do we need to, like, batons or anything? Not unless you just want to kill everything. I mean, we do have the one taser. You do have a taser. There's other gear. There's does, like, the, does the there's, taser have charges? Uh, no, it has infinite ammo. We could get some sleeping gas or some truth serum. It's almost like there's more stuff than you could buy with the budget you were given. Hmm. Like if it was higher, it would be better. Mm. I don't know. I think that that means that the game's broken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like there's some way to increase your budget over time, and that's how you actually level up in this game. Ah, mm. look at that. And it's based on the amount of collateral damage you do in a mission. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. So, so collateral damage is bad. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes, it is. Real bad. Uh then a uh, tactical rifle. We got fifty bucks left. How's that sound? And let's take a baton. Yeah, we need somebody to at least get into a fight. You want that, Frederico? Sure. Since you're the cop, you're probably the one that knows how to use it. Ooh. Yeah. All right. So we we've got all of our gear. Um, uh, Michael, what did you what did you requisition? I have a radio. I have the covered micro or the concealed microphone, and I have a light pistol. Aaron, what did uh, what did you requisition? Uh, I managed to get the taser away from everybody without them noticing, <laughs> and. They probably noticed the first time I actually use it on myself <laughs> to see if I can still feel something, and I can't. Oh, is that literally the only thing they let you have? Yes. Wow, you are horrible people. But actually, I take that back. He's a oh, table topper. He's, he's a, a table topper. He's... Don't worry, I'll turn on them in the end. <laughs> and you um, won't have a shotgun and body armor when you do it. Frederico, what did you requisition? I requisitioned a heavy pistol, an extending baton, a radio, as well as some body armor, and I put in an invoice for the rights to Johnny Cash's Hurt in the event that Aaron does turn on us so that we can soundtrack that in. <laughs> and I had body armor as well. I forgot that. Okay, and Inca. Inca uh, requisitioned a, uh, a tactical pistol with a scope on it, obviously, because that goes on the pistol. A tactical rifle, uh, night vision goggles, and a really badass smirk, in addition to some blazing sunglasses and a toothpick or a match, maybe. All right. And then on top of all of that, of course, you all did spend a big chunk of money on you have a surveillance van as well. Yes. Uh, remember what our surveillance van can do. It can hold up to four. We call them passengers, quote unquote. Uh, they're not allowed to leave because um, you all are not the passengers. Those are the people that you pick up. Uh, it also has a lot of surveillance gear to it. It has a long range listening dish so that way you can listen to conversations sort of just inside walls of buildings. Oh, we, uh, we, we, we bought one of those separate. We, we can get 50 bucks back from that. Uh, additionally, it, yeah, you all got a concealed microphone. One uh -oh. that you can, yeah, one that you can plant somewhere. Yeah. Okay. But we gotta uh, get going and get that one when it's done recording. You do, yes. It, it, it is. It is old timey. Like, hey, here's my hidden recording, just a little bit, uh, and then I have to go and get it and play it back. Uh, it does have night vision goggles uh, that are equipped to the van itself, so you can't take them with you, but you can see night vision out of the van. Uh, and it can set up wiretaps. So if you have thirty minutes, you can tap a phone line and be able to listen into any conversations uh, that come in and out of that particular phone line. They see us rolling. <laughs> so they, this, they be playing shotgun th this no no shotgun you do not get a shotgun <laughs> no i been sitting in the front seat no you're oh. not sitting in the front we're strapping your crate down and i'm keeping you 
you know, where, dated on milk duds. Milk duds. Where no, are they? I, I, we have Twizzlers and Mountain Dew. And milk we like lead you, lead you to the cage and throw it in. Milk duds. And Mountain Dew. Milk duds. We're going to need to stop at a gas station. I can't do this. We need milk duds. And Funyuns. Milk duds. This isn't a negotiation. Fine. If you're a good boy, we can get Funyuns on the way home. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the drive-thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at vrpgacademy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.